0: Amigos, this is movie, movie, film,
1: film, podcast where we pick a flick and decide if it's a movie or a film. I'm Nate, and there's a snake in my boot. And I'm Terrell,
0: and there's a snake in my boots. <laughs> Did you picked the same quote? <laughs> I picked the same. Really? Quote? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's great. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> that's fun. Right. fun. Cool, cool, cool I know
1: cool. your movie this week <laughs> I recognize your quote it was yep. from Toy Story it's from
0: Toy Story right okay. I feel really good that this week I, <laughs> I,
1: I got your reference
0: <laughs> what are the chances well it
1: was because last week you picked uh Night of the Living Dead to talk about Resident Evil. So uh-huh. I was like, I'm going to do like a similar theme thing. Right. I'm going to pick a toy. I mean, I guess you thought the same exact thing.
0: Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I was going to do another thing, but then I couldn't find it. And then I was just like, you know To what, infinity just- and beyond? I was going to do a completely different Oh, okay. Right? But you know what? Toy Woody. For well, the wind. yeah,
1: we're talking Pixar today. We're going to share our top five Pixar's. Yes, we are. And as you can see with the title of the episode... We will then be going deep on Coco. Yes. But first, some movie movie news news. Yes. I just want to begin by saying I apologize for all of my Will Smith comments thus far. (laughs) Re Guy Ritchie's Aladdin. Um, He looks cool in the new trailer that shows way more. And I'm excited for that movie now. Uh, (laughs) That's all I have to say on the matter for now.
0: (laughs) This trailer they should have put out first. This is a... Okay, this so is... I guess
1: I will say a little bit more. Okay. Because it's dubious. I think I think with the teaser trailer, they were intentionally just showed us the Blue Will Smith because mm-hmm. they knew Twitter would turn it into a meme. Everyone would be talking about it, generating the buzz for the movie. I think it was their strategy all along to well, mislead us.
0: Well, this is actually like the third trailer because in the first one, I think they just showed him as a human. Right? Like his human disguise? Or was that just a picture? It was just a picture. Okay. Alright.
1: Yeah, they've been there's been like some bubbling of hype on this for a yeah, while.
0: They've had people worried. And now people are starting to warm up to it.
1: Yeah, well, I really think Disney's controlling the narrative expertly here. Yeah. I don't I guess we're not really a podcast that usually talks about the publicity or the marketing <laughs> behind movies, but yeah. um we are talking about Disney today. They are a huge conglomerate entertainment, marketing, uh, scary corporation. Yeah. So let's talk about them for the next hour. Yes. Marvel. Uh, Marvel,
0: yes. More <laughs> Disney news. Marvel Studios has hired Destin Daniel Creighton to direct Shang-Chi, uh, the first superhero movie with an Asian protagonist.
1: Yeah, they finally figured out that um, people are here for diverse superheroes. Yeah. For, we like seeing something new instead of the same stories exactly. and characters. Over, I swear, Tony Stark, uh, Chris Pratt's character from Guardians, uh, Peter Quill, mm-hmm. and like the new Thor. Maybe not the first two movies, Thor, but the new Thor. They're all the same character. They're just like this asshole.
0: Yeah, different actor. Same character. God, yeah yeah man i mean i i guess they had to see um black panther make a profit and then and, crazy uh, and, probably. and uh captain marvel yeah now with what well, was huge, that doing well super well globally well, it brought in half a bill that's great yeah so yes we want to see these movies okay we will go out and see these movies yeah as long as they are good You know, we want to see ourselves on the screen. Everyone,
1: and we want to let everyone else see themselves.
0: Exactly. Um, Now, I've
1: I've seen honestly, I've seen enough of myself on screen. (laughs) I'm, I'm good.
0: I, I I picked a few prospects for this, this role. Ooh. This, uh, this character that's kind of based off of uh, Bruce Lee. So many characters are based off of Bruce Lee. He's a very, like, yeah, he's a very, like, modeled after We are talking
1: uh, uh, representation, I guess. He's one of the very few Asian male figures in pop culture.
0: Yeah, it's like Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, and Jet Li. I have Louis Tan, who is, well, was on Iron Fist. Um, I have Henry Golding from Crazy Rich right. Asians because I just want to see him in like more stuff.
1: I, that is uh, an actor that I would be not surprised at all if he got cast. I think that that's kind of a no brainer right there. Yeah,
0: because he's bubbling right now. I have Yoshi Sudarso He was a Power Ranger. In and, the
1: new, in the new uh,
0: no, not in the movie, in like the show, but he's um, a martial artist. Way mar- back. Yeah, he's a martial artist, and he's okay. you know he's an actor. And then I have uh, Stephen U- um, Ewan.
1: Yeah, I I just uh, glanced at your phone and I saw his name was written in all caps, and I was just thinking to myself, yeah, that would be great.
0: That would be great, right? I um
1: I didn't watch The Walking Dead. I'm not a Walking Dead guy. I know mm-hmm. that's uh, where he started. Uh, got his break, I guess. But mm-hmm. uh, he's popped up in a lot of movies that I've seen recently, and mm-hmm. he's he's great. And I'm really looking forward to seeing Burning, which I've not gotten a chance to see yet.
0: Yeah, it's on my watch list.
1: Yeah. Um, Should we just get right into ranking Pixar? Yeah. Because it's tough. I said we should do this for this episode because we're talking about Coco and lists are fun content. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But then I didn't realize how tough it would be to figure this out because, like all the Toy Stories are so good, but then that's three movies right there. Right,
0: and then you're only left with two.
1: I guess, uh, let's You want to go first? I think instead of each of us reading our lists, we should start with our number fives. Okay. And then discuss each movie as they come up. Okay. Briefly. All right. I mean, I I can start. I did mention it already, and we referenced it at the top. My number five is Toy Story. Mm -hmm. The one that started it all. Really, I think every Pixar movie since has uh followed a very similar structure or uh yeah it has the same feel i mean a lot of them are about this whole world that we've never seen before or something comes to life mm-hmm. uh most most of them are about uh characters needing to find their way home of course toy story had pizza planet
0: are you talking about toy story 1 the, the first one yeah the first one okay uh,
1: it's a story about you know toy story i'm not f- yeah. summarizing the plot okay <laughs> It's
0: about about toys. (laughs) It's about toys coming to life. All right. My number five is The Incredibles. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a good movie.
1: I will say that that did, or should I, maybe I shouldn't say it because there's no, (laughs) uh, I I don't want to rip the drama out, but that did not make my top five, Okay. which is not to say that I don't like that movie. It's great.
0: Yeah that's, that's really, all Like, yeah yeah
1: really fun characters um
0: yeah great yeah. music great villain just
1: yeah built this whole world of uh where superheroes are just an accepted
0: fact yeah it's set in this like this like 1960s kind yeah, of well, future like 50s retro, yeah future. Sure,
2: yeah
1: just really cool production design and yeah huh. uh when, my number four another uh movie that got a sequel eventually from Pixar. Not, I, I will say, aside from Toy Story, I'm not a fan of uh, Pixar sequels. I I did not like Monsters University. Mm-hmm. I I didn't see Cars 2 or 3 just because I didn't really like the first Cars.
0: Um, I think I saw Cars 2, but I can't remember it. I barely remember Cars 1. Yeah, well, I what I like I... about
1: Pixar is that they're so... Or they have this reputation of being so original and inventive. So I don't like it when they keep going back to the same stuff. I know they're making another Toy Story. Mm -hmm. It'll probably be great, but still. Let's see something new. So my uh, number four is Finding Nemo. Okay. Of course, uh, Finding Dory came out a couple years ago. But (laughs) Nemo's so good.
0: I feel like this thing, It's Happening, where... Is that your number four? No, where our lists are going in reverse. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) It's... (laughs) so finding nemo
1: wait is finding nemo your 2 and toy stories your 1 yeah interesting yeah
2: yeah
1: well it's not like i yeah i mean i i picked my 5 and then it was ordering them was hard uh yeah they're great what what do you want to say about your number 2 favorite Pixar movie finding well, nemo
0: i don't want to say it yet. well i guess i should yeah. i mean i mean it's great i watched this movie so many times i put it on to go to sleep too i wake up in the middle of the night and i watch it it's just it's touching mm-hmm. that scene where where the fish are in the net and the music is playing and like they're being pulled up and then he's like no just keep swimming just keep. oh i mean oh, I, yeah, get, I get chills every the time thing
1: from earlier comes back pixar does that so yeah. well. yeah it's so good <laughs> it has a different meaning yeah oh it's great
0: and it's funny, yeah. It's funny, yeah. Very yeah. funny, yeah. Dory's great in this one. Dory's
1: great. Uh, awesome voice performance from Albert Brooks as uh, Marlin, I think is Marlin, the yeah. father's name. Clown the clownfish with no sense of humor, yeah, <laughs> which ends up being a really funny character. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I love the world, but finding Dory wasn't bad, but
2: eh. yeah, yeah.
1: My number three is Ratatouille. Okay, I'm guessing that's your number three as that well. That is not okay, on my list good. at all. We're good then. Okay. <laughs> Wait, do you not like Ratatouille? What do you hate Ratatouille? <laughs> Kinda. Wait,
0: <really? laughs> no, I don't hate oh, it. But it's not in my top five.
1: That didn't make much of an impression, I guess.
0: Well, I've, um,
1: I've really love this
2: story of
1: a rat that learns how to cook. That's in Paris in a restaurant. And then the a... v- climax, instead of this big fight, it's just a food critic at the restaurant trying out this meal. Mm-hmm. A great twist at the end that's funny and touching. Um, an awesome villain. I forget the critic's name, but really cool. And I like the relationship shit between Remy the rat, voiced by Patton Oswald and uh, the The chef, the boy chef. Mm -hmm. Um, And that movie uh, does food very well. I love uh, the animation of the... I mean, I guess a lot of cartoons do this. With this, you see the lines Mm -hmm. emanating from food to show you that it smells good. But I think in Ratatouille, they do it so well. And they make the food look so good. Even though it's all zeros and ones entered into a computer to make this You want to take a bite of some animated food. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so.
0: My uh, number four, because I guess I didn't say number four. No, did I? No, my number three.
1: Mm-hmm. No. You s-
0: said. I did Incredibles. And then, okay, so my number four okay. is Coco.
1: Oh, we just watched that movie. We just watched it. Let's uh, not say anything now. Let's, Let's not talk say about anything. It in a little bit.
0: But it's my number four.
1: If you want to hear us talk about it, uh Go to the episode description. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. I'm saying this on the podcast to remind myself to do it. I want to do the thing where I put in the description, like the time of the episode where we talk about each thing. So Mm -hmm. if someone wants to skip ahead, they can do so. Mm -hmm. So do that. But also, there's a lot of drama right now. Don't you want to see what I picked as my top one? (laughs) I don't know.
0: So then what's your number three? My number three is Monsters, Inc.,
1: and that's my number two. So yeah. what a great time to talk about Monsters Incorporated. Yeah, what a
0: <laughs> great movie. I mean these are I that's all I can say. Like they're so like good. Like Yeah, to get some help
1: uh ranking these, I, I did read a bunch of lists of Pixar movies ranked. They're all different. Mm-hmm. Um the the big criticisms I could see of Monsters Inc. were people saying it was just too much Billy Crystal. Mm-hmm. But the thing is as um a millennial i guess uh i don't think i was exposed to billy crystal at all until monsters inc so when i think of the, that yeah. character i don't think of billy crystal i just think of mike wazowski yeah even though mike wazowski is just billy crystal's comic persona
0: yeah that sounds like an adult problem not a kid's problem right. I and mean, we were kids when we watched it yeah. so we weren't even like oh yeah billy crystal yeah you know i no. just
1: think him and john goodman make such a good pair with John Goodman as Sully with his huge emotional turn as the big scary monster that Mm -hmm. falls for this, for Boo.
0: There's so many great gags in that movie, like the sock thing. Yeah. Um, And
1: also just that incredible scene at the end with the doors, that chase scene.
0: Yeah. How do you, what do you think about the ending of the movie? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want more?
1: Yes. I will admit that I wanted more. I remember they came out with that Mike's New Car short. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess whatever movie came out after Monsters, Inc. that played before that. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. And then about eight years later, when I didn't really care about having any more Monsters, Inc., <laughs> they came out with Monsters, University, and, Oh
0: Man, we were all very I, excited for that movie. It was a big le-
1: Well, because Toy Story 3 was so great. I almost put Toy Story 3 as my representation for Toy Story on my list, but, uh, I'd go for the original. We thought we trusted Pixar to bring something back and do it well, but eh.
0: yeah, eh, maybe they messed up with the, with it being a prequel.
1: Well, yeah, but there's just more there. The world of Monsters Inc. Like changed so fundamentally after the events of the first movie that Mm -hmm. to set, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, I will say that my number one, and I switched the order around right before recording this.
0: Wait, th- I didn't say my number... Well, I guess I did oh, say if you my had number something two. To, do you
1: have something to say about Toy Story and Nemo that has not been said?
0: No, but my number two is Finding Nemo, but we already talked about it. Right. Yeah.
1: And the, is Toy Story the first one your f- number one?
0: Yeah, Toy Story the first one is my number one.
1: <laughs> Toy Story colon, the first, first one. one. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was tough deciding which Toy Story to include. Uh, I just rewatched the Sarah McLachlan uh, song montage from Toy Story 2 where mm-hmm. Jessie's left uh, in a donation truck by her former owner slash best friend. And it's pretty heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, they know how to do sad very well.
1: Yeah, Pixar has the best montages in the game. The best sad montages. Yeah. For anyone listening, uh, mad... Well, okay, I will reveal now. And this is certainly recency bias. It's the most recent Pixar movie I've watched. My number one is Coco. Oh. I love this movie. (laughs) But before we get into that, I do want to say for anyone listening that's mad that Up or WALL-E didn't make the list, I thought about those two very hard. And my uh, defense of not including them is this. Up has a great montage in the beginning. And it's incredible. And if that were a short film, it would be the best, but I think the movie that follows Uh-oh. that montage.
0: We're about to get political. <laughs> is, that, is that politics? No, I think, no just...
1: I think the best part of the movie is the first ten minutes, and um, well, I said we weren't going to talk about Coco, but I think in Coco, the best part of the movie is the end, so I think there's something to be said about uh, leaving the best for last, so then when you turn off the movie, you feel really good instead of being like, yeah, that bird stuff was weird, and the talking dog, but remember that Ellie montage. And with Wally I'd say the same thing. I think the first half of the movie's great. Uh, with just almost no dialogue and this uh the story of the robot uh being left alone on a trash filled earth. And the love story with uh Wally and Eve is great, but I the whole thing with like Fred Willard as the ship captain and then everyone's uh Im- immobile. Can I watch ship. that movie? Have you not seen Wally? I've never seen it. Oh you should, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really artfully done, but it just didn't crack my top five.
0: I just remember seeing the promo and it not piquing my interest.
1: Oh, it's a pretty good one. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Okay. I mean, I don't doubt it, but yeah. I've just never watched it.
1: Any other uh, Pixar remarks before getting into Coco?
0: No, but let me just review my list. At number five, that's Incredibles. At number four, that's Coco. At number three, that's Monsters, Inc. At number two, that's Finding Nemo. And at number one, that's Toy Story.
1: Yes, and mine uh, from the bottom up, from five to one, is Toy Story, Finding Nemo, Ratatouille, Monsters, Inc., and Coco. And just one last thing, good dinosaurs, the most underrated Pixar movie. Uh, more people need. To, I feel like people just don't know about it. it came out the same year as Inside Out. Or maybe out. they
0: know about it and they don't care. No,
1: that movie. I think oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Maybe because I saw that one alone in theater, that I, I cried more during that than Inside Out that year because I was with people. The good. I don't know. Dinosaurs. Me.
0: Like the most obvious pixar movie it's so tropey no
1: it's the most disney-ish pixar movie. yeah Yeah, it's so so tropey well it doesn't distract they're all so tropey but the other movies distract more from the tropes but this one is more down to basics Mm -hmm. uh it's very yeah it's very narratively it's uh very bare bones but i think uh the spirit of the movie and just the landscape this uh america this portrait of america if the dinosaurs had existed and um Incredible, and the animation of the water is. I mean, I guess future Pixar movies now have this technology to animate (laughs) water, but in making the good dinosaur, they developed some new techniques, and the water just looks so photorealistic and it blows me away.
2: Mm. Yeah,
1: but yeah, I mean, it has a very Lion King meets Toy Story type of story.
0: Yeah, the good dinosaur,
1: yeah, uh now for a Disney Pixar movie about death that doesn't have a super traumatic death in it which is one of my favorite things about it is that it's it's very
0: weird right yeah his I, parents
1: uh, live throughout the movie there are characters that die, but it's not a sad death it's not sad and I think you, you kind of smile yeah four childhood movies that tackle death Coco does it so well and I kind of wish I had this movie when I was little to give me this framework to uh view death through um, <laughs> I don't know maybe yeah. it would have helped me
0: <laughs> yeah this, this movie does a great job at explaining a part of Mexican culture and paints a picture very well of the day of the dead Yes, and how it's celebrated and why it's so important to them Mm -hmm. and it's I don't know what was I about to say I lost my train of thought well I will say you forgot
1: what you said and one of my first notes in all caps I just wrote memory because that's what I think the central theme of the movie is yeah And I think it it explores that theme so well through the character of the titular Coco, who isn't the protagonist, is actually our protagonist's uh, great-grandmother. Yeah. um, Who has dementia. Mm -hmm. And though that's not said, because we see the movie through uh, Miguel, this child. He just Mm -hmm. states in the beginning that she uh, has trouble remembering things or her memory's fading. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, we get the whole... Uh, thing about remembering th- our family and uh,
0: keeping them alive keeping through them alive. our memory, and
1: also the legacy and memories of a celebrity or kind of the false uh, memories. We'll get into all that, yeah. So, um
0: yeah, I mean, the beginning of the movie oh, is those, yeah, uh, yeah, the, uh, the lace, the colorful yeah. lace. Um, It's like a backstory of why this family is so anti-music. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was a woman. She fell for a man. The man was a musician. And then he left the family and left her alone with, with baby Coco. Yeah. And instead of being sad, she, you know, picked herself up and started a shoe company. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And ever since the... The whole family has been making shoes. And uh, now we have Miguel who is pressured to make shoes even though <gasps> he
0: wants to be a musician. He wants to be a mm. musician. Rather, he is a musician. He is. He can play guitar and he sings very well. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so good oh, when, when we get the there. When you, when you actually see his talent. He's yeah. just like, oh, yeah, he's really good. It's so rewarding. Yeah, because Anthony
1: Gonzalez is um the uh the child that voices Coco mm-hmm. or uh Miguel, see. Uh and he uh sings and sings beautifully. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he has to he has to hide it. Mm-hmm. He has to hide his talent. So He's got a little secret. You're not shrine. Yeah, you're not sure about you're not 100% about his abilities, about his talents until mm-hmm. the talent show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you get that cool scene of him watching an old Ernesto de la Cruz mm-hmm. uh, film and like playing it, sitting with his. It looked like he made the guitar himself. Yeah, the like, nails, the nails. Prep yeah, are made from nails, mm-hmm. and like he's just playing along. And I love how uh, he like closes his eyes to play really passionately. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's uh, really cute. Act. Yeah. The passion just exudes through the screen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have to also note, like the um, a reason why I think this movie's really appreciated is because of how specific to the Mexican culture mm-hmm. it is. Like watching it, seeing like the the grandmother use her sandal as a weapon. You know what I mean? Like that, something that as small as that is just like, oh yeah, they got this right. You know, they had the right people behind this movie.
1: Yeah, and also just the whole way they handled Dia uh, de los Muertos, which has been grossly mishandled throughout uh, children's cinema or just cinema in general. Yeah, just as this uh, ha- Halloween yeah. death parade, yeah. where it's not the scary thing; it's a it's as, a celebration. Yeah, it's a celebration of uh, the past. Yeah, of your family. Yeah. Um, of the dead. That's a re- remembrance. It's. Uh...
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I learned a, a a few things from this movie. One of the things I learned is, which was really cool, was the the orange uh, petals, mm-hmm. about how those lead the family right. from the grave to the family. They do such a good job at putting those those important details in the story. Like they'll just. Like they, they show it to you and they tell it to you mm-hmm. and then they move on.
1: Yeah. And then they do end up serving a function in the story. Like yeah. the pedal becomes this, of uh, the vessel that, uh, Miguel needs to get back to the land of the yeah. living to it's get the, the blessing. And then the pedal glows and
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: yeah, it's a, uh... yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm,
1: I'm just still thinking about the whole thing about, uh, that holiday in movies, how it's just portrayed as a scary thing, and how just European thought and ideas about death have just been pushed onto yeah, Mexican culture.
0: Probably because when it's done in media, it doesn't have a Mexican hand on it. Mm-hmm. It's usually white men or women or whatever, you know, using it for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, this movie uh, was co-directed by Adrian Molina, who. Uh, not a white man mm-hmm. unlike Leon Crick the other <laughs> co-director yeah. who uh, you should look up on Google just to and I'm just showing Terrell right now <laughs> look at how baggy his eyes are <laughs> that's the eyes of a man whose career is to stare at screens and animate every single frame yeah it's actually not that of, bad in this picture. It I've looks seen... like he has
0: a lot of makeup on right now, too. Like, a lot of foundation.
1: He's got this video, uh, or the Criterion Collection on YouTube has this page where they invite uh, artists to their uh, office, and they have this closet with um, a bunch of merch, like a bunch of films and DVDs, and they do, like, closet picks, so they invite people, and they can pick out, like, five or something movies. And Lee Crick is in one, and his eyes are so puffy. He's probably, like, in the middle of production on something it was
0: i don't know it blew my mind anyway back
1: to coco back to coco. well i will say coco the, they designed the faces so well mm-hmm. the skin on coco specifically the character her wrinkles yeah. are so lifelike and um her hands like they get the uh what is the, it, the, the
0: boniness like yeah you know, and like the
1: spots is it from uh calcium deficiencies mm-hmm. or i don't know the body those uh, black spots mm-hmm. that are in and just like how it's thin and the wrinkle
0: oh. yeah they they did their usual animation style, but they portrayed Mexican people like the Mexican characters look Mexican they have Mexican features and body types and voices I mean I mean good on them for having Mexican voice actors
1: was it their traditional body style because I feel like. None of the female characters in this movie were designed in a way that was like hyper sexualized. Whereas I'm thinking of like Elastigirl with her like yeah. half a centimeter hips <laughs> and then
0: huge, yeah,
1: huge hips or half a centimeter torso and then huge, and huge hips. hips. I mean, she's elastic, but
0: <laughs> yeah, they do a better job in Coco. Yeah, they look like yeah, humans, yeah. they look like which, humans. Watching, I remember the first time I watched this movie, and Miguel, all right, he has to sneak around and play music, but then he gets caught playing music. Mm-hmm. And his grandmother just frustrated me to the max. I was like, oh my goodness, I think I hate her. She takes his guitar and then smashes it.
1: Yeah, she's a hater. Yeah, and then well, she. Also, she's punk rock. also
0: right (laughs) but then right after that she she tries to console him Mm -hmm. i'm just like no you just killed this little boy's dream she didn't
1: mean it her intentions are clear
2: and I feel like by that by the time the movie ends Yeah,
0: it comes through at the end of the movie like mm-hmm. it comes full circle, but like watching it, you're just like, no, like you're just not on her like you like she just doesn't understand. She doesn't get it.
1: Yeah, but then as you go on through the movie, you understand that it's because she grew up uh her mother probably complaining all the time about how the her, she doesn't have a, a father around because he left to play music. So she has this association with music. Do you,
0: do you think Coco spoke bad about her father, or they just got it from the great great grandmother? Um, like everybody else got it from the like her. Yeah, no, I think the, the
1: story has had been passed down. Mm-hmm. Um, this myth of their family mm-hmm. that music is music, destruction. Yeah, and music destroyed the family. Is, uh, love and life. Because mm-hmm. who wouldn't want to be a cobbler? Yeah.
0: So, like, this f- forces him to run away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he runs away from home, and he wants to do the town show. And But he doesn't have a guitar anymore because his gran- grandmother destroyed it. So he has to find one. And so he decides to steal uh, Ernesto de la Cruz's guitar. Yeah,
1: this hero to the public. This, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's a Mexican oh. analogue to him, but I want to say he's like this Elvis like figure. Mm-hmm.
0: Also, uh important before before that, um, he accidentally well the dog accidentally breaks a picture. Dante. And then
1: he, I have a lot to say about Dante.
0: He <laughs> breaks the picture and it reveals um the guitar, mm. which is Ernesto's guitar. At least that's what we are led to believe. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's why he goes to the gravesite to get the guitar. Yeah, he believes he, it's his destiny. Yeah, it's his great-grandfather, his great-great-grandfather.
1: And then as soon as he gets the guitar, some uh, lights go off and he's scared, he runs away, and finds out that ghosts are
0: real. around. You know, yeah. this this holiday is real. It's not fake. It's not something that, you know, his parents made up.
1: And I think, yeah, I think the sequence we get is the only bit of the movie that can be seen as scary. I mean, I guess there's some tension with uh, Miguel being thrown off a building towards the end. And there's uh, also the visuals of uh, Miguel's skeleton, like, his skin fading away. as Mm -hmm. Towards the end, he can't get back to the land of the living. So he's starting to fade. I like that. That's kind of scary. But this graveyard scene, he, like, trips and falls into a grave. Yeah. And it's creepy.
0: Yeah. So yeah, he starts to see the the the, the like the relatives of you know the people that they're dead, their mm-hmm. bones, and he runs into his family, mm-hmm. and then they find out that his great great grandmother can't cross the bridge, right? Because he took the picture off the uh off the mantle of the memorial
1: and that's when we're introduced to this whole uh I guess kind of like immigration yeah type of uh device or story
0: I just want to say that bridge that whole thing was so yeah it's so beautiful yeah I the orange I don't know I just love the it just really pops that orange really like I wrote, pops
1: I wrote in my phone about this. Uh it feels weird saying about an animated movie, but the lighting was just incredible throughout yeah. the film
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh I f- first wrote that down in the cemetery because they all everyone has these candles. candles, yeah and then the the orange and every time you step on the petals, they glow yeah,
0: they light up no yeah, the lighting is the lighting in the in the and in the color of this movie is really phenomenal
2: mm-hmm
0: yeah so yeah we go to immigration we go to the to the dead immigration yeah. where you can only cross the bridge if your picture is on uh a mantle mm-hmm. you know if you're if your family or someone remembers you yeah if not you can't cross you're stuck in the city of the dead
1: and we uh we learn this through our introduction to uh I guess the second main character
2: Mm
1: -hmm. or whatever, however you would categorize it. This is where we meet Hector Mm -hmm. voiced by Gael Garcia Bernal. And he's uh, posing as Frida Kahlo to try to get through to the land of the living, Mm -hmm. but he's caught. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's all we see of him. I mean, he tries to run, but he can't, we see he can't get by because that's not the picture. This is, it's such a good screenplay because this is where how you are introduced to the stakes and you know what is Co- like what is Miguel. I'm gonna keep calling him. Co- <laughs> <laughs> what is Miguel? Uh, you know what he has to go through. What the stakes are. How's mm-hmm. he gonna get back? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. They 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 set it up very well. It's it's it it's good watching it the second time because the whole time I'm thinking like oh that's. That's his great grandfather. Like that's yeah. That's his key the whole time. Right. They go on this whole journey together, and all um. Spoil- spoiler. Spoiler. Um,
1: but watch Coco. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Uh yeah, Hector, and not Ernesto de la Cruz mm-hmm. is in fact, uh, Coco's father and Miguel's great, yeah. great grandfather. Mm-hmm. Great 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 grandfather.
0: Yeah. He's pretty great. He is he is pretty great. I I mean I just wanna get to it. Get to that mm-hmm. freaking Go for it. The party. Okay, so even though I right, we're going right to the party. Yeah, let's just okay. I mean, going straight to the party because I this is we'll really work, where yeah, we like, can work our way back around yeah, if we need to it really like picks up. Even though I know it's coming, when Ernesto turns around and sees Miguel, it makes me smile. Mm. it gives me i don't know why i'm just like because like this is his hero you know what i mean it's been built up to this moment the moment's good
1: yeah this is what he's been searching for yeah this whole time he finally gets it
0: right
1: uh the party's incredible Mm -hmm. i mean ernest he's uh it's kind of like uh reminds me of like the great gatsby kinds of parties and Mm -hmm. Ernesto does turn out to be sort of this fraud similar to Jay Gatsby. Mm-hmm. I've read books, that's right. <laughs> I don't just watch Who movies and films. I also read JK. books and novels. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I also Tune love to
1: book, book, novel, novel if you want to hear more. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so Ernesto's very proud. Yeah. Like well, he he's doesn't proud question of it. of himself.
1: Also for that to show off this kid.
0: You can tell he's very full of himself at yeah. this party. I mean this party is about him. His music is playing, his movies are playing.
1: They're being projected on the walls. Mm-hmm. And this is where we see which is the most evil thing or a very evil thing. It shows how evil he is or just how terrible of a person he is. One of his movies is a reenactment of how he killed Hector by poisoning him, except Mm -hmm. Ernesto recast himself as the hero in the Hector part of the person getting poisoned, but he is smart enough to not get poisoned. he switches it. Insulted. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. He's just like, the twist is like, oh, because I remember watching this and being like, so, who's the bad guy? Like, where where does that come into play? And I always know that you've probably already been introduced to the bad guy already mm-hmm. and when it turned out to be him i was like oh man
1: yeah it's um it's a really cool exploration of yeah. why you shouldn't be wor- worshipping these celebrities as your heroes or mm-hmm. that they're all people and most of them like <laughs> to be that yeah. huge and popular you probably uh burnt some bridges and did some people dirty and you're probably not a very moral person.
0: Yeah, I did not see it coming. I didn't see it coming. No. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: shocking. I um, remember seeing the trailer and being like, "Oh, it's so obvious that Ernesto de la Cruz is his <laughs> ancestor," mm-hmm. and I thought that was going to be the big twist. But I liked how
0: you know it wasn't. The movie kind of cheats. I feel like hmm. how so it cheats in the way of it derailing you because the picture. Of of uh, Miguel's great-great-grandmother and great-great-grandfather. And shoulders. Yeah, the body type is so much bigger than Hector. Hector was, like, slim, and Ernesto was the thicker one. And if I w- if they would have had him be slim, then you would have knew that it wasn't Ernesto.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So they had to fool you a little. So I remember walking out that movie like... Yeah, they kind of, like, cheated. They kind of lied a little I've, bit. I
1: thought about this, because this was my third time watching the movie. Um, the way the skeletons wear clothing, which I love. I just love how the bodies fill out these clothes, and it just looks really cool. <laughs> um, and I just like the costuming. But uh, the jacket... Like, the skeletons don't have shoulders. <laughs> uh, I guess now I'm, like, feeling around for right. bones. I guess those are bones. I don't know. But the jacket kind of like, f- it fills out itself with mm-hmm. the shoulder pads or something. Mm-hmm. And we see, um, the whole time we see Hector in the land of the dead, he's wearing a vest,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which if you know vests, you know, those don't have any sleeves. So we don't really see what Hector would have looked like in a blazer. Until the with flashback. His, with those shoulder pads, which I'm sure it had. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, so probably yeah, padded.
1: I think, uh,
0: but I I even feel they, like they get in, you
1: good. I think it's good. I, I don't think it's cheap.
0: I think even in the flashback he doesn't look that broad. Yeah, he still looks very slim.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I no, I agree, but I'm not faulting the movie yeah. because it's my number one favorite Pixar movie. Okay. No until I watch for another you. Pixar movie and then that becomes the number one unless it's a Cars movie mm-hmm. or a sequel that isn't Toy Story.
0: Yeah, so during this whole this whole thing, I'm just like I'm so invested emotionally. So I'm smiling, I'm gasping, and then we get to the big reveal of Hector being his his family. Yeah. Right? And then being proud of each other.
1: Speaking of lighting, this is where they're in the cave because mm-hmm. Ernesto de la Cruz just is definitely a villain. Oh yeah, he tosses them. Now we know he's the villain. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt about it. But even then, the the lighting of the, like the light reflecting the water from the bottom of the cave onto the stone walls. Mm-hmm. I guess it's not, a, the whatever, the pit, mm-hmm. like that looks really cool and then it like, helps build the mood for this emotional revelation. Yeah. And then we get another great Pixar montage when, uh, It's not a montage, a flashback Mm -hmm. of Hector singing Remember Me to baby Coco. Little Coco. And it is the most adorable thing because Coco (laughs) starts singing back. Mm -hmm. And then you see her little hands on his face. Mm -hmm. And it, oh, I melt. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He fades away and her hands are still up. Yeah. Because now he's gone.
1: And this is probably like the fifth time that we've heard this song, Remember Me. Uh, in the movie, mm-hmm. but we finally learn that Hector wrote this song to Coco. It mm-hmm. suddenly has this emotional resonance, rather than the the first time we hear it is Ernesto singing it um, on the night of his death, when he uh, is on this huge stage and yeah, he's he has, being like, the very elevator stairs very showy about it. And then he's killed by the bell. But it's like kind of soulless music. It's mm-hmm. a huge production and the dancing is cool, but it, it's it's got nothing compared to Hector singing to his daughter, and the words all have meaning and yeah. love and.
2: <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: Right. So, uh, the great, great, great grandma comes to the rescue. Imelda, yeah. Yeah. On her. Who well, I decided uh, it was my
1: favorite character.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't pick a favorite character.
1: I really like her arc, um. Of like. She eventually forgives yeah. Hector. And uh she's a great singer yeah, also. I, yeah, and I love that scene. Can I, we talk about that scene?
0: Which one? Because I was about to talk about the one in the alley. Okay, let's talk about the alley Okay, first. so that the alley scene is is great because it reveals that she was musical too.
1: Yeah, she's not just a hater. Yeah. She loved music also. Mm-hmm.
0: She understands and it's a part of herself... That she buried because of how hurt she was.
1: And these are the kinds of truths that get glossed over when you tell stories about your ancestors' lives. You just get the spark notes, you mm-hmm. get the bullet points, you hear the musician left and now she makes shoes, she must hate music. Yeah, and they're just... lie or untruth gets passed down. Uh, I feel like a Fox News anchor. <laughs> uh is passed down similar to the uh, movies of Ernesto de la Cruz painting him as a hero when that's not really what he was.
0: Yeah. And yeah, this movie, just it just peels back the layers mm-hmm. of the characters very well. So, so the next
1: yeah. scene we see Imelda sing, my one of my favorites is uh, during the Sunset Spectacular mm-hmm. that Ernesto de la Cruz throws every morning after... Uh, uh, de los muertos because uh the dead have returned from seeing their families and now they're all celebrating because they're back together and they have to wait another year to see their loved ones um but we get so the instead of this huge fist fight that goes on for 10 minutes at the (laughs) end of the movie we get the big confrontation is a like a couple minute chase scene with uh miguel and his whole family and we get a couple of jokes with like the I got to shout out the twin uh, uncles with the nunchuck. you yeah, with the nunchuck. Hands. Also, just yeah. that, those are fun characters. <laughs> um, they get the chase, but then that's all backstage at this sunset spectacular. Mm-hmm. Ernesto has to get on stage. Suddenly, Amelda's raised through a trapdoor understage thing. Mm-hmm. Now she's on the stage with trying. To, she's got the picture, and she's trying to get away from the guards. And then we see the audience because, of course, they think this is a choreographed piece. So it kind of explores this. uh,
0: It's kind of like a tango. Art or like what's
1: real because the audience just think it's this production, even though there's something happening. And (laughs) she
0: sounds great. She's singing in Spanish. There are no subtitles. I appreciate it. Mm. You know what I mean? It's kind of like. If you understand it, then you if understand you know, you know. it. If you know, you know. You know what I mean? If you don't know, you don't need to know exactly what she's saying to yeah, understand I, I that know. this is a love song. And she's reconnecting <laughs> mm-hmm. with Hector in this moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Whom she loves but is very angry at. And I love how they express that in the movie. When she's just like, the love of my life. And she's very angry about it. He's just said did you call me the love of your life? And she said, I don't know what I said.
1: Yeah. Even when Miguel confronts her to tell her, Hey, he didn't leave and then die. He was wanted to go home, but then Ernesto murdered him. Mm -hmm. She learns that, but she's still mad at him, which is (laughs) awesome. She totally has that right to, because he still left her with the child. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, just, this is another thing Pixar does so well is they have these huge, casts of characters and i think they balance these ensembles so well where so many characters get satisfying arcs where they change from the beginning of the movie they become different people or objects or animals or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> pixar is animating they become uh different by the end and i will say even dante who this is me introducing I'm about to say a bunch about okay dante, go ahead I go mention, ahead I got some st- even he gets his arc at the end he gets his happy ending cuz he meets a little cat little sexy kitten <laughs> <laughs>
0: well the cat is supposed to be the like spirit animal right? right yeah
1: yeah no i'm talking about at the very end no
0: yeah no the cat is the well cuz when they when they're walking well, up the you see you see their shadows and the shadow oh, of the, the cat, cat is the cat with the wings. Is
1: is a Melda's yeah. animal. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Okay. Yeah. I actually missed that. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. But I was gonna say also, Dante, just the whole thing of him becoming a spirit guide, they don't know if he is one or if he's just a dog. We get a we get a good line that where one of the twins says, He looks like a regular dog, and then the other twin says, Or a sausage someone dropped in a barber <laughs> shop
0: <laughs> You know the the dog reminds me of a few things. The Dante reminds me of the hyenas from Lion King. Okay. And he reminds me of the weasels from Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
1: Less racist than both of those examples. <laughs> but yeah.
0: Because it's, it's, it's something tongue. about... It's the tongue and the teeth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, the tongue is just dangling in... Every time, and sometimes it gets wrapped around his whole head, mm-hmm. and it's adorable and funny. Yeah,
0: because um, he's just a very silly, wacky, almost comic relief of the movie. Even though there are like funny bits throughout the whole thing.
1: Yeah, uh, some good animal stuff in this uh, yeah. movie. We get the uh, Frida Kahlo is a character in this film. And her uh, m- spirit animal, of course, is a monkey. Mm-hmm. Pro- probably, I just Googled this, Uh Fulong Chang, her famous monkey that was gifted from her husband. Oh, cool. Um, and that, that monkey's fun. And also, I love that before the uh, dance show thing, we get to see Frida Kahlo's piece with the uh, a bunch of Fridas come out from a yeah. papaya. Yeah, And then there's a Frida-shaped <laughs> cactus and
0: fire and music instead
1: of milk it's a tear yeah and Coco helped inspire that Miguel yes thank you yeah thanks uh yeah he he helped inspire because he much like how all Dante needed was someone to acknowledge that he's a spirit animal mm-hmm. to then be- become one yeah. visibly by mm-hmm. having the colorful uh fur and the wings yeah all uh, Miguel needed was someone to affirm his artistic and uh musical aspirations and yeah. the kids got so much confidence. I love yeah. I love his
0: attitude. Yeah, there's a great like character development with him from beginning to end, especially not just with his talent, but with his view of family. hmm Yeah. By the end of it he's all he's all about family. Mm-hmm. He you know is not going to give up music, but now he understands the importance of family. And so, you know, throughout the whole movie the great grand the great grandmother wouldn't give him her blessing without, you know, the um, the condition, yeah, the condition of quits he, music. yeah, that he quits music for shame, yeah. But by the end of it, he has changed her as well, and that's you what know, families do, yeah. She says no conditions, oh, that's so beautiful, and sends him back, and then he spills the beans about Ernesto, mm-hmm. and then brings honor to Hector.
1: Yeah, we got the forget you on Ernesto's grave. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the opposite of remember me. It's great. Mm -hmm. Good wordplay. Fun.
0: And, you know, that that last scene with with Coco.
1: Yeah, that's what I was talking about, uh, trashing up how that movie starts with this best sequence. I think Coco ends with, maybe not best, but the most emotional sequence in... uh, up is in the beginning. In uh, Inside Out, it's probably when Bing Bong disappears. Mm-hmm. I'm spoiling all the Pixar movies. Oh, man. Though if you haven't seen Inside Out, you don't know what I'm talking about when I say Bing Bong. So. If you haven't yeah.
0: seen Inside Out, watch it, but be ready.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but with Coco, the emotional height is at the end, and it's not even sad. It made me cry even watching it the third time.
0: It made me smile very hard. It's like, so I'm just smiling through the whole sad. thing.
1: We get... Coco, Miguel's trying to get her to remember her father so that Hector doesn't go off to uh, the land of the forgotten. Yeah,
0: like, um, because it's this, this thing that happens when you die and then you die again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You are when forgotten. Last,
1: yeah, when no one in the land of the living remembers you. And mm-hmm. you cease to, which is a g- awesome way to think about life because people do live on in your memories and yeah. that is a valid... Uh, That does mean that someone's life, even if it's, you know, time. Now I'm getting really heady, but time, you know, is just how we view things. It's not.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's not. We only view it as linear. People still matter, even if they're not around in their physical form. Now they still have effect on people's lives. And Coco illustrates this so well. Mm hmm and I saw the movie this was my third time watching it I still wanted to yell. I still did yell at the screen when Miguel <laughs> didn't just start playing remember me right away he's mm-hmm. just holding up the guitar pointing to it remember this right. <laughs> <laughs> sing the song you know he's going to but right. uh, so he sings I really it really cared yeah
0: he <laughs> sings it and then Coco starts <sighs> to sing it and she comes, she comes to life she comes to life she comes to life she comes to life and then she
1: dies and when she's dead is when we see the most life from her mm-hmm. which is Incredible, Yeah. That the titular character of the movie dies at the end, and it's not sad at all.
0: Yeah, because she comes right back.
1: And she gets to be with her mother and her father. Yeah. It's so beautiful.
0: Yeah, she got reconnected with her family. Yeah. I mean, what more could you ask for? It's like a perfect ending, right? Yeah. That's what you want in the it's, end, is and, to and be and the reunited whole fa- with your the family.
1: The whole family is... Uh, it's, the epilogue is uh, the following year. Mm-hmm. Now we see the whole family is celebrating
0: together with music this time. Yeah, as Miguel gets to play and the guitar, so, it's so and lively and it's like so much fun and it's a party. Yeah, it's you a want party. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. And he's explaining it to his baby sister. Yeah, you now he's, he's passing, passing it, it down. On. Yeah, mm. uh, oh. so good. Yeah, just like oh, keeping tradition alive. Yeah, yeah. This movie. This, yeah, they just had the right hands on it.
2: Yeah, I mean, they um, just had the right. I know Adrian Molina was
0: brought on
1: midway through. He wasn't. uh, He didn't conceive of the idea Mm -hmm. for the movie. I think he was brought on later. I think he he had been working in Pixar, but kind of not in a leadership role. Mm -hmm. I think he had been there for a long time, and then. Very wise of them to bring him on because I doubt it the movie would be anything like this if they didn't have that perspective, yeah, and uh I'm sure he wasn't the only yeah, you voice, you need I, I hope he wasn't the only voice yeah, you need those
0: those perspectives, those point of views if you're doing something culturally you know out of your out of your like perspective out of your your knowledge, you can't just. Guess and it be the same as you know someone knowing exactly what it should be,
1: yeah, and I'm definitely not I have no authority to say that they got it right with this, but from reading some accounts, there have uh-huh. been there's like some criticisms, of course, um but it seems like after years and years and years of Disney taking things from different cultures and then making it into their own and doing a lot of damage for... Really, Disney is Ernesto de la Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, spreading these uh, myths that are harmful and uh, give people the wrong idea. The villain in this movie, Ernesto, gets to say the line... He says a 2 Hector. Uh, when Hector's realizing that he was murdered uh, he says you're confusing movies with reality and like that's his big but obviously he's not but it's interesting that the movie's kind of telling you don't trust movies
0: yeah the movie just feels it feels correct though you can tell when something is bogus this movie doesn't feel bogus it yeah. feels honest
1: no definitely yeah it, has, it just it has so much soul that's uh soulful i, I think yeah would i think that's I the would describe it yeah
0: that's a good way to put it it's very soulful
1: should we get to a, should we make our judgments
0: yeah now? um what do you think is it a movie or a film
1: i think it's a film you think it's a film i think it's a film coco is a film in my book i think it's so artfully done. Mm-hmm. It explores this theme of memory. It's um yeah it, ha- it has so much behind it. It's not just um entertainment. Mm-hmm. That I guess that's what I think of when I think of movies is the I think of a movie as I guess a product mm-hmm. and which isn't always a bad thing and uh but I think of film as more piece of art and that's how i view coco how about you
0: you know maybe it just changed my mind because i was gonna say movie just because
1: it's animated right because it's for kids
0: maybe possibly i don't know there's just like this vibe to it that when i was watching it i was just like this is really good but it's a movie but there's certain like nuance and you know important information in it that I might have to say that it is a film. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think it is expertly crafted. Like I said, the the lighting, the character design, the costumes, the music. Yeah. Uh, does Does any Pixar movie have music as good as this? I mean,
0: uh. We got Randy Newman singing through the Toy Story. (laughs) You know what? That's the first thing that popped in my head was like Toy Story, right? Well, Randy
1: Newman. I feel like his music's in a lot. I think he has a song in a Bug's Life also, and like, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this movie's about music, so it has that going for it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Nemo's got some good music. Nemo
0: has good music. Just um, keep swimming,
1: it's a banger.
0: <laughs> I think Incredibles just, has a well, a good score. Yeah. A memorable score. Yeah.
1: But this has Remember Me. Yeah. <laughs> and I Oscar will, winner. And I will remember it.
0: Oscar winning, remember me. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's Coco. That's Coco.
1: But let's talk about some movies coming out in the future. Yeah? Some features from the future,
0: future features. Future, 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, you know, this month, mm-hmm. uh, Shazam is coming out.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I was not looking forward to that movie. I kind of really didn't pay attention to it, but... After looking into it some more, I am I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be one of the better DC movies.
1: Based on the trailer, it seems like they have the tone down. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, for those who don't know Shazam, because I, mean, I didn't know until the trailer <laughs> came out, it's a DC superhero who... I mean, I don't know if it's like this in the... I guess it is. It's a child who can summon yeah, the that, powers it is. of Shazam. So it's a kid... And then he says the name Shazam and suddenly he becomes this big buff superhero dude played by TV's Chuck, mm-hmm. Zachary he Levy. He got really Levi. buff and Real in buff, shape yeah. for this movie. But also he's played, it's like you get like the big, it's kind of like if, if big were a superhero, right? Yeah. So like the Tom Hanks as a little kid in mm-hmm. that movie.
0: Speaking of which, also this month or mm-hmm. maybe next month, Little Right. Is coming out. With and
1: uh, Issa Rae and
0: Regina Hall. Regina. And I'm very excited about that. Um Marseille, I I I hope that's her her name. Marseille is the youngest executive producer in Hollywood oh, with wow. this movie. Yeah. How young? I don't know, maybe she's like thirteen, fourteen. <laughs> Just
1: makes me think of <laughs> In Arrested Development, there's a storyline where Leah Shawkat's character becomes this big Hollywood executive by like, just pretending to be an adult.
0: Oh yeah, I remember it. Yeah.
1: And anytime <laughs> someone questions it, she just says, "Marry me." <laughs> so I wonder if that's uh, wow, that's yeah. really impressive.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. So yeah, and it looks really funny too.
1: Yeah. My pick for future features is um a movie that screened in South by Southwest, which was a f- festival in Austin that happens every year, of music and uh, movies. And this is a film I heard about from coming out of that festival. It's called Olympic Dreams. It's a romantic comedy slash sports movie that takes place in the Olympics, as the title suggests. Now, this movie was uh, written by... Uh, Alexi Pappas who is an Olympian athlete she uh, runs uh, Cross-country running or long-distance running sprint. I don't know. She's a she's an Olympic athlete though in the movie she plays a cross-country skier Um, and Her husband Who's a filmmaker as well directed it and it stars Nick Kroll and Alexi as Nick Kroll's a dentist working in the Olympic Village. They shot this movie during the Olympics in Pyeongchang last year. They had unprecedented access to the Olympic Village and the ceremonies. So b- based on what I've heard, it seems like the whole movie takes place throughout the Olympics and you get to see what it's like as an athlete is being it, at the Olympics.
0: Is it set in present day? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, it, yeah. It was set at the most recent Winter Olympics. Okay. Uh and it just sounds really interesting and um I don't mind Nick Crow in a nice indie movie. I liked him in Adult Beginners. That's kinda like another I'm assuming this is like a you know what, I heard this movie described <laughs> <laughs> just to give an idea of other people who haven't heard about it, as like a lost in translation type of story, but instead of Tokyo it's the Olympics.
2: Interesting.
1: So, yeah, p- piqued my interest as well. So they're seeking distribution now, just screened at the festival. So it'll probably be hitting, hitting the screens in the summer or the, f- or the fall. So look out for that. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing to look out for is our next episode. Yes. Next week. Want to tell them what it is?
0: Um. Talking the Raid yes okay it's it, like my mind went blank yes we are reviewing the raid redemption
1: the raid colon redemption
0: yes um action-packed taiwanese martial arts film yeah yeah
1: i'm excited i haven't seen it i've been waiting to and i just haven't gotten around to it yeah and uh tune back in to hear what we have to say you know, listen, rate, subscribe, review if you want I don't know. Yes, wherever you
0: listen to podcasts, Spotify uh, iTunes um, Google
1: Play Google Play. Tweet us at Movie Film Pod if you listen to us on Google. Who listens to podcasts on Google Play? I'm just curious People with Androids? Well you and I both have Androids but we use third party podcasts. Yeah, I use something else Uh, I use Pocket here.
0: Addict, yeah. I talked
1: to a friend who has Android. He also is a podcast addict. Yeah. So, we're there also. Yes.
0: Also, uh, you can email us at moviepod... Well, no. Moviefilmpod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. Uh, and again, our Twitter is at moviefilmpod, just like our email. Yeah. Yeah. So, thanks for tuning in. Tune in. Tune in. two in. in. Movie. Movie. Film. Film! Goodbye then.
1: Bye!